Good morning. We're going to have our Bible study today, June 7th, in Las Vegas, in the, in the surroundings of the pool, the back home of Reuben and Gina, while they are in Cancun. We are watching the dogs, looking at the house, make sure it doesn't get up and move. All right, now let's pray. Father God, we thank you for today's reading. We ask you to bless us as we speak your word. Give us understanding. Give us wisdom. Lord, as we give honor to your word and this time we have together, bless us our. Lord, fill our cup, Lord, with continual revelation, Lord. Give us signs and wonders that you approve of our doing sayings, Lord. You approve of our goings, Lord. We thank you for being a marvelous God. We love you and we praise you. All right, now, June 7th, I will start reading 1 Kings chapter 2 to 3, 2. Okay. At the time King David's death approached, he gave this charge to his son Solomon. Okay, he said, I'm going where everyone on earth must someday go. Take courage and be a man. Observe the requirements of the Lord your God and follow all his ways. Keep the decrees, commands, regulations, and laws written in the law of Moses so that you will be successful in all you do wherever you go. If you do this, then the Lord will keep the promise he made to me. He told me, if your descendants live as they should and follow my, me faithfully with all their heart and soul, one of them will always sit on the throne of Israel. And there's something else. You know what Joab, son of Sariah, did to me when he murdered my two army commanders, Abner, son of Ner, and Amasa, son of Jether. He pretended that it was an act of war, but it was done in a time of peace, staining his belt and sandals with innocent blood. Do with him what you think best, but don't let him go, grow old and go to his grave in peace. Be kind to the sons of Barzillai in Gilead. Make them permanent guests at your table. For they took care of me when I fled from your brother Absalom. And remember Shimei, son of Gerah, the man from Bahurim and in Benjamin. He cursed me with a terrible curse as I was fleeing to Mahanim when he came down to meet me at the Jordan River. I swore by the Lord that I would not kill him, but that oath does not make him innocent. You are a wise man. And you will know how to arrange a bloody death for him. <laughs> then David died and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. David had reigned over Israel for 40 years, seven of them in Hebron and 33 in Jerusalem. Solomon became king and sat on the throne of David his father and his kingdom was firmly established. One day Adonijah, whose mother was Haggit, came to see Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. She says, Have you come with peaceful intentions? She asked him. 
Yes, he said, I come in peace. In fact, I have a favor to ask of you. What is it? she asked. He replied, As you know, the kingdom was rightfully mine. All Israel wanted me to be the next king, but the tables were turned, and the kingdom went to my brother instead, for that is the way the Lord wanted it. So now I have just one favor to ask of you. Please don't turn me down. What is it? she asked. He replied, Speak to King Solomon on my behalf, for I know he will do anything you request. Ask him to let me marry Abishag, the girl from Shunem. All right, Bathsheba replied, I will speak to the king for you. So Bathsheba went to the king Solomon, speak to Adonai's behalf. The king rose from the throne to meet her, and he bowed down before her. When he sat down on his throne again, the king ordered that a throne be brought for his mother. And she sat at his right hand. I have one small request to make of you, she said. I hope you won't turn me down. What is it? What? What? My mom? What? He asked. You know, I won't refuse you. Then let your brother Adonijah marry Abishai, the girl from Shunem, she replied. What? How can you possibly ask me to give Abishag to Adonijah? King Solomon demanded, You might as well ask me to give him the kingdom. You know that he is my oldest brother and that he has Abiatar the priest and Job the son Sariah on his side. Then King Solomon made a vow before the Lord, May God strike me and even kill me if Adonijah has not sealed his fate with this request. The Lord has confirmed me and placed me on the throne of my father David. He has established my dynasty as he promised. So as surely as the Lord lives, Adonijah will die this very day. So King Solomon ordered Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, to execute him. And Adonijah was put to death. Whoa. Then the king said to Abiatar the priest, Go back to your home in Anathoth. You deserve to die, but I will not kill you now, because you carried the ark of the sovereign Lord for David, my father, and you shared all his hardships. So Solomon disposed Abiatar from his position as priest of the Lord, thereby fulfilling the prophecy the Lord had given as Shiloh concerning the descendants of Eli. Joab had not joined Absalom's early rebellion, but he had joined Adonai's rebellion. So when Joab heard about Adonai's death, he ran to the sacred tent of the Lord and grabbed on to the horns of the altar. When this was reported to King Solomon, he sent Benaniah, the son of Jehovah, to execute him. Benaniah went to the sacred tent to the Lord and said to Joab, The king orders you to come out. But Joab answered, No, I will die here. So Benaniah returned to the king and told him what Joab said. Do as he said, the king replied. Kill him there besides the altar and bury him. This will remove the guilt of Joab's senseless murders from me and from my father's family. The Lord will repay him for the murder of two men who were righteous and better than he. For my father knew nothing about the death of Abner, son of Ner, commander of the army of Israel, and of Amasa, son of Lether, commander of the army of Judah.
May their blood be on Job and his descendants forever. And may the Lord grant peace forever to David, his descendants, his dynasty, and his throne. So Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, returned to the sacred tent and killed Joab, and he was buried at his home in the wilderness. Then the king appointed Benaniah to command the army of place of Joab, and he installed Sadak the priest to take the place of Abiathar. The king then sent for Shimei, well, he was on a cleaning spree, Shimei. Shimei, and told him, Build a house here in Jerusalem and live here, there. But don't step outside the city to go anywhere else. <coughs> on the day you so much as cross the Kindred Valley, you will surely die and your blood will be on your own head. Shimei replied, You sent this fair, I will do whatever the Lord the king commands. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem for a long time. But three years later... Tua, Shemai's slave, ran away to King Akishan of Machah of Gath. When Shemai learned where they were, he saddled his donkey and went to God to search for them. When he found them, he brought them back to Jerusalem. Solomon heard that Shemai had left Jerusalem and had gone to Gath and returned. So the king sent for Shemai and demanded, Did I make you swear by the Lord? And warned you not to go anywhere else, or you would surely die. And and you replied, the sentence is fair. I will not do. I will do as you say. Then why haven't you kept your oath to the Lord, and obeyed my command? The king also said to Shammai, You certainly, you certainly remember all the wicked things you did to my father David. May the Lord now bring that evil on your own head. But may I, King Solomon, receive the Lord's blessings, and may one of your David's descendants always sit on the throne of the presence of the Lord. Then, at the king's command, Benaniah, son of Jehoiada, took Shimei outside and killed him. So the kingdom was now firmly established in Solomon's grip. Solomon made an alliance with Pharaoh's the king of Egypt, and married one of his daughters. He brought her to live in the city of David until he could finish building his palace and the temple of the Lord and the wall around the city. At that time, the people of Israel sacrificed their offerings at local places of worship for a temple. For a temple. Honoring in the name of the Lord had not yet been built. For a temple honoring the name of the Lord had not yet been built. Amen. Okay, this is an incredible thing because of the first incident of uh, Adonijah asking to marry, you know, his intention was that he was taking uh, King David's place. Even though we can't figure it out, yeah. we don't see it. Sure. But David's, uh, Solomon's, you know, he probably heard what he's always been saying. Look what he said to Abishag. Uh, to the mother, he said, You know that the kingdom was rightfully mine and taken from me. He's blaming God, and he's blaming that God's will was to put Solomon. So in other words, he was already opening his mouth. He wasn't that bright that, that he was messing with uh, to cause another rebellion, because he already had Joab, the commander, and Bacchaham, and Abiathar, the priest, supporting him. So they easily put them away. 
you know, it stopped any threat or rebellion for the kingdom, and it's, and it's established. Then he went after the other, the other guy that cursed his dad, and, and he just Abaniah was was uh, very busy killing three people. I mean, you know, I, this is the first time I see Solomon tick. Yeah. Which just is, for asking, he just put him to death. Well, that was, yeah, because, you know, he, his wisdom, he sees, you know, this he trace of rebellion. Yeah, potential yeah. problems coming yeah, down Yeah, there's the so road. many girls. He's a king. Why would he want, want the king's, unless she was that beautiful? He, there's a guy that died for a woman. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hmm. I bet you nobody wanted to touch her after that. So what'd you get, baby? Um, I was kind of trying to understand the whole thing, but I think you explained it okay. okay you want to go ahead and read the rest? It's getting hot out here. Yeah, I'd like to not have the iPad, so... Yeah, yeah. Level, thank you. Um, is it the mic here? Yeah. Okay, looks like it isn't. That's the mic okay. here, Trust me. Trust the Lord. Honey. Okay. Um, all right, let's go to Acts chapter... 5, verse 1 to 42, uh, but there was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He bought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. He brought some of the money to the apostles, claiming it was a full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell, as you wished, and after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like that, like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, How could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young man came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had high regard for them. Yet more and more people believed, and they were brought to the Lord. Crowds of both men and women, as a result of the apostles' work, sick people, people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Amen. The high priest and his officials, who were Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in public jail. But the angel of the Lord came at night, opened the gates of the jail, and brought them out. Then he told them, 
Go to the temple and give people this message of life. So at daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. When the high priest and his officials arrived, they convened the high council, the full assembly of the elders of Israel. Then they sent for the apostles to be brought from the jail. But when the temple guards went to the jail, the men were gone. So they returned to the council and reported the jail was securely locked with the guards standing outside, but when we opened the gates, no one was there. When the captain of the temple guard and the leading priests heard this, they were perplexed, wondering where it would all end. Then someone arrived with startling news. The men you put in jail are standing in the temple teaching the people. <laughs> the captain went with his temple guards and arrested the apostles, but without violence, for they were afraid the people would stone them. Then they brought the apostles before the high council where the high priest confronted them. Didn't we tell you never again to teach in this man's name, he demanded? Instead, you have filled all Jerusalem with your teaching about him, and you want to make us responsible for his death. But Peter and the apostles replied, We must obey God rather than any human authority. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead after you killed him by hanging him on the cross. Then God put him in the place of honor at his right hand as prince and savior. He did this so the people of Israel would repent of their sins and be forgiven. We are witnesses of these things, so, so is the Holy Spirit, who is given by God to those who obey him. When they heard this, the high council was furious and decided to kill them. But one member, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, who was an expert in religious law and respected by all the people, stood up and ordered that the men be sent outside the council chamber for a while. Then he said to his colleagues, Men of Israel, take what you are planning take care of what you are planning to do to these men. Some time ago there was that fellow Theudas who pretended to be someone great. About four hundred four hundred others joined him. But he was killed, and all his followers went their various ways. The whole movement came to nothing. After him, at the time of the census, there was Judas of Galilee. He got people to follow him, but he was killed too, and all his followers were scattered. So my advice is, leave these men alone. Let them go if they're planning and doing those things merely on their own. It will soon be overthrown. But if it is from God, and you will not be able to overthrow them, you may even find yourselves fighting against God. Whoa. The others accepted this advice. They called in the apostles and had them flogged. Uh -huh. Then they ordered them never again to speak in the name of Jesus, and they let them go. The apostles left the high council rejoicing that God had counted them worthy to suffer disgrace in the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple, and from house to house, they continued to teach and preach this message, Jesus is the Messiah. Amen. Amen. Yeah, I guess um, the one thing of the opening about Ananias and Sapphira, um, that kind of startles people sometimes when they hear this story, that, you know, under this dispensation of grace... You know, they lied and they fell to the ground. Mm -hmm. So uh, that always 
you know, people always seem to have a, a fear of that. Well, what about in this situation they lied and felt? And then I, I've heard the preacher say, uh, I think it's Balaton, well, they're the only two that died for that in the whole gospel, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll, it's only happened once. But I'm sure there's more to it than I'm, I'm not seeing at the moment. Um, but it all, it, you know, even, even brought, um, people were terrified because they saw that happen right before their eyes, that they just, you know, fell to the floor. Um, but still the Lord continued to use the apostles, and I like how it says that, um, if you go further down, it says, um, the apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade. But no one else dared to join them, even though all the people had a high regard for them. It says, yet more and more people believed and were brought to the Lord. So despite what, what happened, people were still, you know, receiving Jesus, you know, crowds of them. But because of the apostles' work, sick, sick people were brought out of the, onto the streets, beds and mats, so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as they went. So that's amazing because it says at the bottom here, crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem bringing their sick and all those possessed by evil spirits. It says, and all were healed. So that's a good word right there for someone who's believing for their healing. All were healed. Everyone that came and believed. Um, so I thought that was a good point there. And the how the apostles got miraculously released from the jail. No, with, and it was locked up. So that's a miracle in itself. After they were told, don't be talking about Jesus anymore. But, you know, the right thing to do is obey God than to, to obey a human person. Amen, amen, amen. Um... Well, it's interesting how the, the one Pharisee named Gamaliel, he was just talking about, be careful what you want to do to them, you know, and how this Theodos had 400 people follow him, but he got killed and then they got scattered. But then he goes on to say, my advice is to leave these men alone. Let them go. If they're planning and doing these things merely on their own, it will soon be overthrown. So in other words, if they're of the flesh and they're really not it's really not from God then you know this thing will end which is a good point for ministries today if you know that you know you know that God spoke to you to open a ministry you know then he'll provide for you he will you know cause you to walk in his power he'll cause the ministry to succeed and provide for you but here you know the guy's saying you know it's a good word if it's not from God it won't be successful um, but if it is from God, you are not going to be able to overthrow them. Okay. Amen. Uh huh. Good girl. Yeah. But it, uh, you want to? Okay. You may even find yourself fighting against God. You know. So that's why we don't. We shouldn't. And I've done this myself. Criticize ministries. You know that I don't believe in because they're not preaching Jesus, and that used to get me upset. And now I'm learning to just, you know, let it go. I heard um, somewhere 
you know, all institutions where love is, God is approved, God is there. Mm-hmm. You know, when we, we, when we were Catholics, little kids, and going mm-hmm. through this, yeah. you know, it was, uh, it was in, we were headed in the right direction, yeah. you know, to Christ. So I think I was five years old when I received Christ. I still remember the communion and the priest in his sermon talked about the devil being a little monkey on our side trying to make us do bad. And, you know, and God telling us to do right. And then he goes, when you get out there, that little monkey is going to jump right on your, on your back. And he's going to be telling you and stuff. And he goes, the only way is to take on Christ. So about five years ago when he gave us communion, the priest gave us communion. And remember that the wafer was real big. And I placed it on my tongue. And I, and I left it there for about 10, 15 minutes and let it dissipate by itself. Because I wanted more of God to be God. You know, I wanted to get... I believe that that was Jesus Christ, the, the, the wafer. Wow. And, you know, I just let it melt in my mouth, and I was just praying on my knees for a long time, you know, because I believe it. I yeah, wanted, you probably were. He explained Christ right to us, you know, the, the Catholic priest. Yeah. And, and when I look at that, too, I just see that as a starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, when my mom used to open the Bible up and teach us the story of Noah and Solomon and all that, um, and then having us go to church on Sunday and hearing just the message about Christ died on the cross. So if I took one thing away from that, Christ died on the cross. You know, and I did go to catechism for eight years. I did get my confirmation. I was did my first communion. Um, it, you know, as a child, I was being impressed that there's a God and Christ died on the cross for me. And that's what I walked away with, and they did the work. Um now, if I, you know, as I became more, you know, listening to more teachings of grace, then that's where I grew about what's available to me from the kingdom of God because of Jesus' finished work. It isn't just that he died for my sins. It's he died for my healing. He died for my prosperity. You know, he died for my peace and joy on this earth that is contaminated with, you know, the, the Adam until he comes back again. So, uh, you know, the eternal life part I didn't get till I was about maybe noon or noon, 12 or so when I listened to Billy Graham preach. So now I'm, I'm listening to what Billy Graham preach, preach and I'm, I'm, I'm on the border of, hey, eternal life or hell. And it made more sense at that point because I wanted to call Billy Graham's phone number. So I'm thinking that. You did call him. Yeah, I did call him. Um, I'm thinking that. At a young age, all this started, you know, my destiny was unfolding, and my, and my understanding was, when I was younger, what would, you know, who Christ was, but even as I got older, I didn't pursue Christ, so I started to, you know, I had bouts of it, you know, um, and I, I just feel like in these last, since we met, about the time of 2008, that's when I really started to grow and take off, um, you know, at a time where it's like, I was you know, afraid to walk boldly, okay, um, if I had, to, you know, if I was going to pray for somebody, it would be with fear first, you know, and when I learned to do it just by practicing and believing that prayer, prayer works, I'm starting to see the manifestations here on this earth in situations where I'm, you know, calling forth what's available from the heavens onto the earth by the words of God and the declarations of God because I also received some prophetic words in my in these last few years that I've used to 
to keep me, you know, what, what does God have planned for what my destiny is? So, you know, the more God unfolded and the more I was hungry, the more he gave me, you know. And so that is remarkable, you know, the growth in Christ. Everybody does their growth. It happens on their own timetable. You know, that person over there may not, maybe, you know, walking with the Lord more than I am, but I can't compare myself to them. Because I have a different destiny than that person does. Uh, but I remember, you know, sometimes we can get caught up in, in, in comparing. Well, you know, that person is farther along than me or that has a better gifting than me. So we can't get caught up in that. You have to every day just seek God, go to the Word, and how does He speak to you next? Whether it's in a dream or through a person or through the Word. You just have to keep o obeying and listening to the Holy Spirit, you know, and you just, you stay with it. You stay with it, and God will reveal more to you as you as you get hungrier for him and surrender these problems on the earth to him. So, um, even though people make fun of you, or even though they, you know, because I like what happened, even though they, these advisors, they still flogged them, but they said that they they were rejoicing at that flogging, the persecution, because God had said, you're worthy to receive that kind of persecution. You're from me, right? And um, so they just continued to do, to do every day from house to house. That didn't discourage them from walking forward boldly. They kept teaching and preaching that Jesus is a Messiah, see? And that's what they were hanging on to. And that's what we have to hang on to. Jesus is it. He's the end all. There doesn't get any better. You don't have to, you know, be depressed. You don't have to be oppressed. You don't have to be, you know, uh, sick and, and with disease. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to, you know, be filled with anxiety. You don't have to, you know, even though your kids might not be walking with the Lord, you don't have to be discouraged about that. Because God says in his word, as for me, my house will serve the Lord. So, uh, amen. Word is go, Lord. Okay. Praise God. That's good. Let's okay, do this. Baby, go ahead Anything and, else uh, you want to add to that? Uh, just go ahead and pray. Uh, pray for the people that's listening to you. Okay, Father God, we just thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that this is the truth. This is where we go uh, when we have situations, Lord. What do you say about that problem? Whose report do we believe, Lord? So I thank you, Father, that you have um, the work that you're doing in, in our lives, Lord, and how you're causing us to to believe and to continue doing what we're doing father it could be a small task it could be a bigger task but father that we are walking in the right direction with the right the right jesus and we're just father ministers of your word of grace lord help us to walk in in grace in this this time of grace that you have allowed for this earth for uh to go forth lord from the earth that we would just, Father, our words would not fall to the ground as we if we talk to others and ministers to others, Lord. That we would not condemn others, Father, for what they look like, what they say. Father, we just bless the people that are going to listen to this this message, Lord, and that they would be that more would be revealed to those who who just need uh, an answer, Lord. That their eyes um, would be, Father, that their their eyes would be open to your light, Lord. That Father, that they may know what the hope of your calling is on this earth, Lord, which you, which you came to do for us, Lord. So, Father, bless everyone, Father, with your, your grace upon grace and blessing upon blessing, Lord. And we just thank you so much for, for the, 
wisdom that you're giving us this year, Lord, in the year of Hesed wisdom, Lord, that we just want more of that wisdom to flow down from heaven over our words, over our thoughts, and over our just our destiny, Lord, that we're just going to walk in the fullness of the grace and that we're going to walk in your presence. And everywhere we go, we want to be like these apostles here, Lord, that they, even though they were persecuted, Lord, that everywhere they went, you know, they cast out demons and they healed the sick, Lord, and all were healed. And we want all to hear this message today that, to be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't care if you, you got a diagnosis of cancer. We don't care if it's a headache. Nothing's too big for God. And that cancer be dissolved in Jesus' name, that healing's going to come, um, and you're going to be restored. Restore, Lord, that the healing into people, Lord, and, and bring forth the peace of God in their lives, Lord, that even um, they're going to begin to see more of you, Lord, and want more of you and hunger for more of you, Lord. And they're going to see your wondrous works and your power and they're going to see signs along the way lord that you're such a powerful god and you answer every prayer lord and father we just bless the people in jesus name amen amen go ahead and finish reading that please okay the psalms are 125 1 to 5 uh, think about the security god gives you through your faith in jesus christ and ask him to help you and others to trust him more fully those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Amen. And just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. Yes, Lord, we take that word. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for then the godly might be tempted to do wrong. O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away Take them away with those, those who do evil. May Israel have peace forever, Lord. No, it says, may Israel have peace. Father, we just bless Israel. We, we thank you for Israel. We thank you they're a chosen people. Thank you for the peace that surrounds uh, Jerusalem and, and Israel right now, Lord. We just choose to bless them. We just believe that you're going to take good care of them, Lord. Father, you have good plans for them, Father. Plans to prosper them, plans for hope, plans for a future. Amen. And Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I did my reading. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless amen. Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Who do we send it out to, baby? Let me see if Donnie will get it. God bless Donnie and her yeah. children and her family. Amen.